Hey everyone, welcome to Chain Out, your favorite 780 podcast, all about disc golf. I'm Jeremy, and with me as always is your co-host, Daryl. Hi everybody, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Hi Jeremy. Hey Daryl. So that's a new intro, 780 podcast. 780, of course. You know what 780 is, right? Well, 780, the area code for Edmonton. Yeah, that's uh, when uh, Alberta split. I think Alberta was 403 for the longest time. And then once we okay. got two area codes, 403 stayed in the south. Right. 780 came up to the north. But really, I want you to flash back to your DJ days. So <laughs> okay. If you, you, of course, in your DJ days, you probably sampled a little bit of Pitbull here and there. <laughs> sure, yeah. Sure. Well, I yeah. don't know if you remember, but when Pitbull came out, he used to announce like, you know, that like Jason Derulo will be like Jason Derulo on his songs and DJ Khaled, another one, all of that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Pitbulls used to be Mr. 305. <laughs> That's how he would roll out his songs. <laughs> right. And I think like Pitbull, we're still just kind of in those starting days. 305 was the Miami area code. But soon yeah. enough, Pitbull started to change things, if you remember. And he went from Mr. 305 to Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> that's you being your optimist again. Yes, Seven eight, right. Mr. 780 to, or Duo 780. That's, that's, that's got a ring to it. The Duo 780. The Duo from 780. Rolling your disc golf tunes. <laughs> Interviews and uh, course reviews. <laughs> Uh, you've had have you had too much time on your hands, Jeremy? Well, it, you know we've had a few days off here and there in the Christmas break, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Christmas break, hopefully everybody got to uh, watch a couple of episodes or get caught up. We had some uh, good episodes released over the Christmas and New Year period. We did. Yeah. Hopefully everybody had enjoyed our last podcast with a great interview with uh, Kristen. I know it was a real fun time in interviewing her. I had a good time listening to, uh, you know, talking to her and hearing her insight into a few things. Well, and, you know, we broke the bank with that episode. I think we pushed two hours and yeah. we easily could have done another hour with Kristen. And so we'll yeah, have to have absolutely. her back on, right? Oh, yeah. I think she's definitely going to be a return guest. But you know what will happen? What will we kind of got we got caught out last time we interviewed her and we're not going to get caught out again. No, we are not. Cheers, Kristen. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was the thing is she surprised us with her Advent beer and, and I think I might have had a glass of water beside me. Yeah, I know. I was starting to I was starting to go the opposite way. I was starting to be a bit self-conscious thinking that every time I'm on the podcast, I've always got some sort of drink on me. But it's just you know a nice evening relaxer. That's all that is. And then the week that I bring water on is the day that we get called out for not having a drink. So we're never going to let that happen again. And it's all Kristen's fault. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Give us any excuse. Yeah. Well, the other thing with that, too, was that um, we know that she was watching the episode, which was nice because she was like, in episode one, you had a wine. In episode yeah. two, you had a, <laughs> a cocktail and a beer. and. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's good. It's uh, yeah, she could. Uh, she's she's one of the OG listeners for sure. Yeah, there's a yeah, couple. Of, there's a couple of OGs, but yeah, she's in there from the ground floor. 
Yeah, that's right. Like, and, and looking back, so look at all these people who can say, hey, I was one of the first 20 subscribers on YouTube to chain up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to bring that up a little bit later, but I mean, you, you mentioned it, so we may as well we'll talk about a little bit about it now. But yeah, we've reached the, the big 2 0, which is big for us, right? Oh, yeah. 20, sub 20 subscribers on uh, YouTube and just starting the new year. You know, this time next year, who knows how many we're going to have. That's right. Well, and the other thing yeah. with that is 20 subscribers, which I put it in perspective, was we're getting a number of views. So people are going out and checking the uh, episodes out. But these are yeah. people who have actually subscribed so that they're getting notified when our new episodes come out. So that's that's pretty, uh, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy. It's like uh, the Grinch and the heart growing a little bigger type thing. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it's good to, good to uh, hear, good to see. Keeps us growing, keeps us uh, thinking that we're doing the right thing. For sure. Well, you know, the other thing Christmas-wise there, Daryl, was, um, mm -hmm. you know, we could talk about Christmas gifts, that kind of thing. But I really want to bring up, and it's a bit of a plug for your DJ channel there, but you surprised oh, yeah. me here just uh, during the Christmas <laughs> time. And yeah. um, you had said, oh, well, you know, Jeremy, you got me a time lapse. I need to make sure to, to take <laughs> care of you. And then, I'm sure what? I didn't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite like that, but the reason I'm saying it like that is because I got you this one nice little disc, and then all of a sudden you surprise me at the course, and we open up two five-disc mystery boxes from Gander, and that was quite exactly. a quite a gift. I was I was really excited about that. It's not about the quantity, quality, whatever. It's a gift for a gift. And I just thought that would be a perfect... I mean, maybe there was a little bit of selfishness there. I thought maybe if we do a, a mystery box, we can also record some content and, and you know, you know, and enjoy another round of golf, which is what I always enjoy anyway. So, yeah, we did that. We recorded it for the... Uh, when you say DJ channel or my DJ, it should clarify that it's DJ Disc Golf. I did oh. use the DJ back in the day, but this, this, isn't, this isn't a mixing uh, tutorial or anything like that. It's a DJ Disc Golf channel. Well, you know, when you say that, maybe on your DJ Disc Golf channel, you should mix some tunes as the background and just have that going yeah. at the same time. It'd right? be a yeah. DJ DJ Disc Golf type thing. <laughs> and have the, have the discs on the, on the turntables and everything. Just incorporate everything, right? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one thing people... So all, to our, all our listeners, make sure to watch for that and check that out when Daryl gets that posted because what we did was we took those five discs that we each got and we played around only with those discs, nothing else, never thrown before. And we yeah. did make it into a little competition because we always have trouble just playing for fun. We always have a fun <laughs> time, but there's always a bit of a competition. And uh, yeah, you'll have to stay tuned and see how it ended up. Yeah, yeah, we had a fun time. Speaking of Christmas... Did, what did you get for didn't you did you get some nice nice new presents for christmas well you know i got some of the standard fair stuff that i was wanting at this age right a lot of times you kind of get the things you need throughout the year um but one of the things i did ask for which yeah. was this uh nice looking hoodie that is a, yeah so it's my That's... edgar hoodie so now i can represent the edga and the 780 when i'm out on the course <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Like the nice, uh, nice blue with the rainbow logo there. I know I, I've got some one order as well. I've got a, a hoodie and a, and a t-shirt. Didn't quite come in time for Christmas or this episode, which is a very fitting way to, uh, you know, kind of lead us in through the podcast. But as soon as I get mine, uh, I, I got a, a notification to go pick them up. So as soon as I get that notification, 
I'll be wearing it on as soon as it comes in. I'll be wearing it on the next episode. But yeah, well, a, 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 br- a brilliant segue, Jeremy. The fact that you said that you've got this new Edgar Gear right coming up on this episode, or we're you know we're just going to keep the ball rolling with uh, big guest interviews tonight. We're going to be interviewing the big, the one El Presidente himself. Yes. President Mr. of Edgar, Mr. Tim Plamondon. Yeah. So, would you like me to bring him in? Oh, definitely. I can't wait to talk to Tim. This is, I was excited yeah. last week. I'm, I'm even more excited or just as excited this week. Yeah, absolutely. And here Yay, he is, Mr. El Presidente himself. <laughs> hello, hello. Hope you guys can hear me okay. I got the AirPods going today. Yes. Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you folks doing? Likewise. Yeah, we're doing good. We just had a bit of a conversation about some nice things that we had for Christmas. Including? Jeremy. Hey, that looks sharp as ever. There you go. (laughs) Sporting my nice blue Edgar gear. Yeah. Oh, I got my purple polo. Yeah. Mine's on order. I just haven't been able to pick it up yet. So once I get it, I'll be wearing it. Don't you worry. It, it all looks so good. Like just seeing all the pictures kind of pop up around the community and seeing a couple of the pieces around, it looks so good. I'm so happy we did it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and Before so- anything, I, I just want to start with something. I, I need to make a drink really quickly. So um, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quickly make something. If we're talking about stuff we did over Christmas or God, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take this little lemon. going to go ahead and you know, salt the rim a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I got I've already seen cubes. a preview of this. If you if you follow Tim on his Instagram, yeah, get my ice cubes going. A little Tabasco, not too much, just a little bit. <laughs> I like to have a pretty muddy one there. That's Ooh, probably oh, good. Wow. Oh, you didn't say the name of, a... of that uh, ingredient. Could you maybe yeah, tell me what that was? Worcestershire, Worcestershire, <laughs> sir. I'm, I'm from England, drinker. so I'll correct you in a minute. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not a big drinker, so I'm only going to do like that. That's enough for me. Okay. Pickle juice. We're just going to put the pickle juice right in there. Ooh, pickle juice. That's a nice ad. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then go with the clam. And then we're going to get a little slice of pickle and the garlic dill bean thing. There we go. And look, That's quite my, the cocktail, Tim. Tim? Cheers. Cheers. We weren't gonna we weren't gonna miss out this episode. Oh, very good. Okay, now we can talk. <laughs> now we're officially started. We're officially well, started, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tim, we're very famous for sidebars, is I think what we're starting to have here. And you making yourself a nice uh, clamato there reminds or a nice Caesar reminds me of my first trip as a young twenty year old down to Louisville, Kentucky and in a fancy restaurant restaurant at a conference. And everybody's ordering their beers and their drinks and their cocktails and all of that. And I ordered myself a Caesar and they looked at me funny and they said, what is that? And I said, well, (laughs) you know, Clamato and vodka and all of this. And they're like, well, what's Clamato? I'm like, well, it's, you know, like clam tomato juice type thing, like like a Bloody Mary. I'm like, kind of, but not the same. I'm like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Just bring me a Bloody Mary. I'm fine. They said, no, 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 because it was a fancy restaurant, right? Like they had a mixologist. (laughs) They're going to take care of me. Take care of me, they did. They brought back a Bloody Mary that had clam juice in it. I had like two or three sips and that was all I could handle. So pro tip, when you go to the States, don't order a Caesar. 
That's a nice attempt by them, though. That's a very nice attempt. Yes. They're yeah. like, they must yeah. have thought these Canadians, right? What are they doing? <laughs> putting clam juice in their drinks? Yeah. But, 10 out of 10 for like, Yeah, they're probably like, yeah, that that makes sense for them, for sure. They would they would do that. <laughs> so how have you been? I've seen uh, you just posted today that you got out for some disc golf, quite a few rounds of disc golf. I mean, you can't after better weather on a december 28th like yeah. like seven or eight degrees or sunny and everything uh i had a random day off from work been working a lot lately uh, and kristen had a day off so um i had 197 rounds logged onto UDIS this year <laughs> and i usually do get to that 200 uh, amount and i was kind of looking at my calendar and kind of thinking like ah, i don't know if i'm gonna get there this year like you know, i was a couple weeks out i don't know but then today i we did a round at Rundle, had a great time. I was the winner of that round, and we got to went to Hermitage. <laughs> Kristen uh, took care of that round pretty handily. She, she yeah. was the winner of that round. And I went, okay, well, I'm at 199 rounds. And Kristen said, well, let's, let's go to Langholm. So oh. we went to Langholm. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Came and, out to my home course there. And how did that one go? Well, we were tied. We decided only to do nine. Uh, we were tied after nine, so we went to a playoff. And uh, hole one, we both parred. Hole two, she almost hit the ace, like wow. very close to hit the ace to walk off win, but left her with a big putt. I made the putt. She didn't. I took home. Took home oh, win. Good go. work. Well, <laughs> yeah. that hole two ace would be a good one to have because you can barely see the basket over the, the hill there. Yep. And then uh, you've kind of got, maybe for you guys, you guys are a little more pro than Daryl and I, but that feels like a narrow gap sometimes, those trees out there. <laughs> She, she threw a warship at it, and in the first, uh, on the original nine, she almost aced it. it I, I still can't believe it didn't go in. And then on the second one, she's like, she said, like, you know, if I get, if I get the ace in the playoff hole here, it's still going to count as a legit real ace. And then nearly <laughs> rang it up. It was I, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then, she and mentioned in, as Kristen mentioned in her last uh, episode there, that she just got that warship. So, yeah, it seems to be uh, working out pretty good for her. Yeah, yeah, she's got, she she's got her Matty O dialed in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she throws that thing so beautifully. So, uh, yeah, it was a it, unbelievable day for disc golf. I got to my 200th round. Uh, it was it was so fun. Go. Great day. And now you're finishing it off on the podcast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Tim, one of the things is, is this is the first time you're on the podcast. The podcast is relatively new. We're in episode eight. So, but we're pretty excited about that. And what we wanted to do uh, before we get into any president talk or anything like that is just give you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got into disc golf. Now, I think I threw our last guest for a bit of a loop. All I was trying to do is rather than say, tell us how you got into disc golf and just throw a straight up question. I said, you know, give you some time to think. It was like, tell us your origin story. So here's my here's my one for this week. So let's say you were a villain, a super villain and you were touring around a disc golf factory and you were up on the rafters and all of a sudden you fell into a vat of disc golf plastic and you came out with this exuberance for only disc golf. I'm sure that's not your origin story, <laughs> but why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into disc golf? Yeah, that's, uh, that's not, it's almost how it happened. No. <laughs> um, so what happened was uh, I have a friend of mine who um, in, in 2016, we were, I don't know, it was summer, beautiful, neither of us had anything going on. So I had seen maybe through a, a targeted ad or something on Facebook, I'm sure, or something, that there was soccer golf 
and uh, right. thought, okay, cool. Soccer golf sounds kind of fun. I actually, it's funny. Like I really suck at kicking. Like for some reason <laughs> that is a sport <laughs> miss, like sport gap that I have. I, I'm really bad at kicking, but I was, well, you know, whatever, let's go, let's go try it. So it was at Rundle park. So we drove up to the golf, like the ball golf clubhouse and went in and we talked to the person there and we said like, yeah, we'd like to play this soccer golf. And the first, it was like Thursday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon or something. And the, the girl says, oh, I'm sorry. That's, you know, that's only every first Friday of the month at seven o'clock or something like that. Like it's right. just very specific time. On odd <laughs> number of days, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, okay, well, that's fine. And then she just casually mentioned, but there's a, a, a Frisbee golf course at the end of the park. And I'd never heard of it. Or if I had heard of it, I, I didn't think of it. But I happened to have two Frisbees, like one ultra star type frisbee and then a roby ring in my car with me at that time right so right. yeah i my i looked at jason and i was like well i mean we we came here to soccer golf why don't we just go up the hill and try this out and uh i remember getting up to the to the parking lot up there and i didn't know to look for like the the website to see like a like a, the layout or anything like that so we walked up to what is the original hole four we saw like hole four and we saw a basket and like, okay, cool. So we're throwing our frisbee around and then we kind of looped around and did another basket in a different hole. And we we're kind of like, okay, yeah, this kind of makes sense. And, you know, probably like an hour later, we had kind of, we didn't do the 18. We kind of just like kind of safari golfed it by accident. But we were kind of like, you know, there's, there's something here. There's something kind of, there's something here that's really cool. Yeah. And so we uh, we both worked at Sportcheck at the time, and Sportcheck happened to sell three pack starter sets of Vibram discs. Oh. So we both bought Vibram. Yeah, we both bought Vibram three pack sets, and went back to Rundle like the day after or the day after that or something like that. And we okay, we got went and found the layout online and started playing. And we had no idea what we were doing, absolutely no clue what we were doing, but we were just kind of having a lot of fun with it. And then we had met a couple kind of casuals, or I shouldn't say casuals because they're kind of regulars, but we, we had met some people on the course. Um, I believe it was Tim Sherman and, and James Morton were the two first people I kind of met in wow. the community that were Great. out there playing. And they kind of said, well, you know, there's a club and like, this is how you do it. And it was like really welcoming. And Jason and I, my buddy Jason, we, we played, I mean, we played three to four rounds a day, every day off we had <laughs> for that whole summer. We played every, and we started buying, I started buying discs from like a, 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 a retailer in Florida and I just kind of went crazy with it. And Jason went really like, we both just kind of went took off with it and just started playing like all the time, like nonstop. And it was just like, it hit me so hard. It was just like, this is, this is the sport I've been wanting to play that I had no idea I've been wanting to play. Right. And so, all because uh, of a, a mishap with uh, going to play soccer golf. Yeah, I've never, I still never played soccer golf. <laughs> yeah, and, isn't and that I funny? Hey, how you're, you're, you know, that little fork in your road in your life. If if it was open that day, then may who knows? Maybe you never would have picked up a frisbee. Exactly. It's and yeah. if I didn't have frisbees in my car for some reason, maybe I wouldn't have yep. gone down the road. Like, there's so many little things that happen things in that moment. Place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and it was um, yeah. shortly after, like very shortly after I started playing, that I actually met Kristen. And I remember the first couple of times I took her out, I was like, you got to try this. This is unbelievable. Like, this is the best thing in the world. And she's like, yeah. I'm, I, I'm sure she was like, what am I doing here? Like, why am I with yeah. this guy? Like, what is happening? Yeah. How are you not seeing how awesome this is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but yeah, so I was late 2016. It was like August 2016. And I have posts on my Facebook that memories that come up that's like going frothing today. Like, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Like really excited about, about finding this. And then I joined the club as a member in 2017. Like the, the next year I was like, oh, there's a, there's a league. I can do this competitively. Like I'm a very competitive person. So I was just like blown away that not only was this sport like, so accessible and welcoming and like at the time in 2015 2017 you could there was no one on that course except for a few select people like no one really it, the course wasn't packed so you could do four rounds in a day you could right. kind of stay, get get out there on a saturday and just like have the course to yourself and uh so i, I joined i played so much and then i joined the, the club and, and played the thursday rundle league and uh it's it just like it just it got me so fast i can't even begin to describe how quickly i was just like well this is who i am now <laughs> well and so much so it's who you are that uh recently a uh, body part of yours was kind of featured on the internet there when they were yeah. doing that <laughs> doing kind of a post about people with uh, disc golf tattoos did you get that like day two or how long did you wait before you did that <laughs> i don't remember what year I got this I think 21 something like that 2021 it yeah. took it took a little bit of courage to go do it but um I felt really strongly about it it was just kind of like I know this is home so I have no problem putting it on like tattooing that onto my body because this is just who I am and it was weird that day because I was like I've submitted that picture before to PDK and whatever because they kind of did a call for tattoos but like just opening Instagram and seeing my leg first <laughs> picture just being like whoa <laughs> that's fun yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking about your your Facebook and uh, everything to do with the internet, there, I want to kind of touch on your uh, your own Instagram, and then kind of go on a little a bit of a tangent here. But it seems like when you look back through your Instagram, it's a highlight reel of aces. Like you've <laughs> had, so I mean, going thrown back to what you said earlier, all we've got to do, Jeremy, to be able to get to this good is just play four or five rounds a day for the whole summer, and then you know, then our aces will be coming you know, left, right, and center. But <laughs> ten yeah, thousand hours. You, you've had. I want to specifically just point out the your, your two recently. I kind of misquoted you or misquoted to Jeremy because I thought at Hermitage, I thought you had aced hole six. But actually looking back on your Instagram, it was the same day, five and seven, either side of six. Yeah. 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 That is correct. Yeah, two in one day good. in the same course. I mean, that's, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. And it was right after River City Cup and I was feeling exhausted. I was feeling just like burned out. Like we were in the middle of put, trying to put Hermitage in uh, this tournament. It was the first B tier that I've ever put on. The club was kind of full swing. Like so many things were happening and I hadn't been able to play a lot. Like I was really kind of right. down about it. Like kind of feeling like, man, I'm like, I'm coordinating so much stuff right now and I, I can't even get out and play. Like Kristen, I gotta, I gotta get out there and play. And we played a beautiful round, hit the first base in, in the first one. And it was kind of like, okay, that was, you know, whew, feels good. Got that off the back. It felt really good. And then I, we got to the end of the round and I was like, you know, you might be done for the day, Chris, but I'm, I'm, I'm not like, would you mind? I want to go around. She was like, yeah, go ahead. I'll join you, but I'm not going to play. And then right. hit, hit the second one. So it just, it felt, it felt, and I don't, yeah, it just felt like the universe was just saying like, here you go. Like, good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's your reward. Yeah. And it was with the same disc as well. The April Fool's Nate Sexton Firebird. Yeah. So I, it, I, I love, I mean, people who know me know yeah. I love to throw Sexton Firebirds. I've thrown, uh, I've, okay. uh, you know, 26 aces or something like that. I think 20 of them are 21 uh, are with Firebirds. They're just, wow. I, yeah, I have my, um, I have my 2020 Firebird 
I had seven aces with it. I actually sent it to Nate Sexton and I asked him to sign it. I sent it to him. I was like, I messaged him on Instagram being like, listen, I've aced seven times with this disc. I'm, I'm retiring it. Can you, if I send it to you and pay for it all, would you like, would you sign it and send it back? And he, uh, yeah, he was super nice about it and sent it back and I retired that disc completely. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. Do you have it like up on a wall in a, or in a case or something now? Or I should put it in a case. It's, it's on a wall downstairs. Yeah, kind of hanging. I've got a couple commemorative discs. I've got, um, a, I'll, I'll get to, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a moment about the memorial, but I've got like a, a disc from the memorial that's signed by a bunch of people. I've got a disc from like the International Disc Golf Center. I've got my Nate Sexton Firebird with the, with the pilot aces. Like I've got all my Ice Bowl discs, all my PDGA discs. I got my first ace disc. I've, I've just got like a wall of like commemorative, you know, hangers. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of aces there, too, while you're at it, I've been lucky enough to have a couple this year, my first two. But my question to you is, with 26 aces, are, is the 26th one as good as the third one? Or, you know, are you like, oh, now it's just old hat? Or, or how do you feel about them? Um, no, nah, I still love them. I still, I still <laughs> get excited about them. Um, it's funny, the last one I had, I think it was whole 10 at Rundle. And I was with Travis Bouchard, and we were playing around and we were kind of in like this deep conversation, like really deep conversation. And like, it's kind of like a serious tone. And like, I threw it, I hit it skipped went in and I kind of like, Yeah. So anyway, Trav, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just going to run a, this down and then we're going to get right back into it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I love it. And, and like, even today, like seeing Kristen almost hit those aces at Langholm and like, I love it. It's, I love that aces are a part of our game. I love hitting them. I love trying to hit them. I love just, I love that they're so a part of disc golf. So I don't have as much experience playing other courses and, uh, experience in disc golf but I'm, now you brought it up about saying which one is uh you know is the 26th just as good as the third which is more rare and which is holds more gravitas in some way an ace or an eagle i know an Ooh. ace is an eagle on a par three but like which yeah, yeah. are aces more common than eagles on a par four yeah oh absolutely i think i think um well on a par four i'm not i'm not necessarily sure i guess an eagle on a par five as well but yeah eagles I mean, in general I mean, I only have like, I think two Eagles to my name. Like they're just right. because they're like usually in that like 400 plus distance type hole. Like it's, they're, they're tough. Eagles are tough to get where I find is a lot right. of the aces, even the ones I've had, they're in that sub 300 kind of range where they're, they're, you can yeah. get them. Like they're, they are attainable, especially like shorter holes. But like, I find yeah. that Eagles are actually significantly more difficult to get. Like I've only got a right. couple. They're, they're, they're very hard to get. Well, and in my thoughts, too, is that an eagle technically is you're throwing an ace run throw to get that eagle. You're just doing it in the middle of the fairway as opposed to off a tee box because you're probably at a similar distance yeah. or longer in Further, a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah and, and I feel like other than, than that situation, like I think about like one of the eagles I have is a uh, whole nine at Jubilee in sorry one of the Eagles he has <laughs> <laughs> there's just so many I just it takes a minute to, um, uh, is I think it's hole nine at, at Jubilee in Spruce Grove where it's a 400 foot hole so it's like uh, you know if you've got a big arm you can reach that and it's a par four so that to me is like it's more like is that a fair par four yeah like should it be a 
par, a hard par three or is it a really easy par four? Like I remember I put it, um, you know, probably 20 feet away and made the putt. So it was just like a, a darn good drive and it didn't really right. feel like an Eagle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think you, you know, that is a good point about that too, is because as you progress into the, your more development in your plane and you get to that 300, 400 are regular drives and throws for you. I'm sure that does change the way those courses look. Uh, for Daryl and I, you know, we went from the 150 Heiser Club um, to now we're kind of in that 200 to 220 feet where it's actually going where it should with a good 275 pull once in a while. So for us, that would be a, a huge eagle, definitely. And I think that's like a really awesome part of our game is like there's the ability to to like go out as a beginner or as an intermediate and play a par four and get a par or a birdie and it feels good. Or if you're advanced, you're playing the same hole and you can get the birdie or the eagle. Like it, there's kind of like, it, it doesn't like, um, doesn't drop off for anyone significantly. Like people can have success right away with disc golf because kind of the lengths of the holes are, are not astronomical unless you're on the pro tour. Right. Yeah. Or, well, or if it's Darryl, like hole 12 west at uh, Falcons or uh, Aspen Meadows because hole 12 there is uh, ridiculous. Is it? <laughs> well, the one thing we're hoping to find that out this year because uh, we're very excited that um, the tournament is going to be on the Masters Tour. And our hope and dreams is to one day play in an MP50 uh, masters <laughs> division, maybe at Worlds or something like that. Uh, yeah. Once we get to that age, so we want to start with something like uh, like the tournament coming up this year. So, right. But sorry, I was going to say there, Tim, was you you kind of alluded to it, and we were told when we talked to Kristen last time that she told us an amazing memorial story about meeting Kristen and meeting Owen and parking cars beside each other. And she was like chomping at the bit to tell us a memorial story that you had, but she saved it. So, yeah, if you want to go for it, we want to hear all about it. We've been waiting all week to hear about it. <laughs> it's a really good story. So, um, yeah, uh, we, we, we fly there. We get in. We, we're very fortunate that Kristen's grandparents have a condo there. So we, we kind of get to the condo. We kind of sort ourselves out, give the hay and highs to everyone. And then we're kind of like, well, let's, let's go throw a practice round. Let's go kind of, we have enough time to get to each course and just throw a few holes to at least familiarize ourselves before we play the tournament. And um, it's, we, I was kind of like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I was thinking we were going to like stay in the family stuff. We're like, yeah, cool. that's cool. I, like, let's go do that. Like maybe we'll meet some people. It'll be really cool. And so like we, we drive out to Fountain Hills and like we're, we're kind of get into the parking lot, get our bags on and everything's just so exciting. It's like, it's like 25 degrees, which first of all was just like the best thing in the first week of March to feel. And it's just like a gorgeous day. It's blue. It's sunny. There's, you know, there's just like a buzz in the air. There's just like this vibe, you know, Discraft selling some discs there and there's everything. And we walk up to whole one and there's big, big germ, Jeremy Cohen standing right there. And we're like, oh, come on, like, this is, you know, this is worth the price of admission already. We just, you know, yeah. and so we kind of had like a two second banter with him and it was, that was cool. So great. So he's, he's playing this practice round. We're behind him kind of doing our thing. And then uh, we catch up to him and he's on one of the little peninsulas and he's kind of scooping for his, for his disc and he's, he's not having any luck finding it. So I'm in shorts. I'm like a fan, so I'm like, you know, dude, do you want me to like go in and get it? And he's like, that water is disgusting. And I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. It's shower. not a big deal. To yeah. Me. yeah, I can shower. It's not a big deal. So I like, I get in and I'm like, 
I find someone else's disc and then I, I find his mortar. So I'm like, you know, give him his mortar. And he kind of makes a little joke about, oh, no, that's not it. And he goes to throw it back. But no, oh, that's my mortar. And it's like so like, um, you know, he's just so grateful. So I, I'm like, he's like, do you want like an autograph or something? I'm like, ah, oh, just, just take a picture. You know, it's nice to meet you. Like, let's have a picture. Take a picture with them. Like, I'm six foot tall. And the guy towers over me. <laughs> he's huge. Um, so that's really cool. Like, you know, just that in itself was great. But then he's like, so you guys are playing a practice round? He's like, well, why don't you guys play a couple holes with me? We're like, wow, come what? on. Yeah, we're like, come on. That's awesome. And he's like, yeah, just, yeah, we'll play a few together. So we play a couple. And, you know, he, there's um there's a couple holes that are like bomber, bomber style holes that like, you know, he's like, Oh yeah. It's just like a, a 450 foot hyzer. Like it's pretty easy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, he, and, and he, um, recently to that, he had just lost his bag. His bag was stolen. So all of his wow. discs and his bag was brand new. And I remember seeing uh, his stories about this online and he was really, he was really beat up about it. And, and to us, he was kind of telling us like, you know, it was really hard to lose those discs, not because necessarily I can't, replace like the plastic but like so and so gave me this disc and that disc had this uh, sentimentality to me and i really miss having this disc that was given to me and, like all of those like meaningful discs mm -hmm. that he had in his bag were gone and you could tell just like in the you know 20 15 20 minutes we spent with him on three holes or so that he uh he was really really beat up about that and i i i know that because i i know that like discs have sentimentality to them I knew that before and I remember him saying that and, think, and thinking like, yeah, that would be hard. But like, I think only recently have I really begun to feel that about my discs. Like my bag has really become set. And I've been thinking about that experience lately with him and, and, and how meaningful my discs have become to me. I really now look back on that memory and remember him and, and just like how, you know, how, how much he, how, how he thought of his discs and like how they were just so much bigger than the, than the shots he was throwing. How well, that all experience just comes full circle. Hey, now you can kind of put yourself where he was and understand it and be more, so, uh, more akin to him. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a good so, story. So, I mean, that's, that's, that was my, our, not just meeting big germ, uh, but getting to play a few holes with him was, was amazing. It was so cool. Yeah. He's I'm one gonna, of my favorite I, gonna, golfers. He's such a good guy. I'm going to give you guys a, a bonus memorial story as well. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. We roll up to, that was at Fountain. So we roll up to Vista del Camino, the other course for our practice round and Paul McBeth there. Get introduced to him, shake his hand. Awesome. Great guy. Super nice. Got him to sign a disc. Cool. Flash forward to the end of the tournament. We're all at Vista del Camino watching the MPOs finish. And Paul McBeth wins it. Oh, spoiler alert from 2022. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paul McBeth wins it. We're all kind of just hanging out on the 18th green. There's like some interviews happening, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden a line forms to have Paul McBeth sign people's discs. And we were kind of like, eh, what the heck? I've got this foil disc, let's get him to sign this. So we're in the line, blah, blah, blah. And Kristen says to him like, hey, well, congratulations, eh? And Paul McBeth goes, you must be Canadian. And we're like, oh, what? Yeah, how did, yeah, how'd you know that? And he's just like, eh? <laughs> so Kristen got called out pretty hard by Paul McBeth for being Canadian and dropping an A. <laughs> That's awesome. So the guy's got a good sense of humor. That is what you're telling us. <laughs> and sharp, like he picked up on it and executed the joke really quickly. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, no, that's that's awesome. Like uh, Daryl was saying, Big Germ for both of us is uh, is one of those guys who you know I know he's on how, the tail end of his. How career. can you how can you not like him, right? He's so likable. 
yeah yeah well and then he is and so you probably got to see so doing that and playing a few of those uh holes with him that sidearm is something to behold i'm guessing yeah you know what i actually don't think he threw any sidearms when we played with him because yeah. um, we played like i think we played like five six seven or something like that or, or something like they were all big big backhand hyzers but they were just like they're the biggest shots I've ever seen. They were just like, you know, the disc is just like a pin in the sky. They're so high and far away. Yeah. I, I and exactly where he wanted things. it to go. Yeah, exactly. You're just executing flawlessly, like no problem. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tim. Hey, Kristen. I, let me show you the line here. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a funny story regarding, uh, well, not really regarding uh, Big Germ, but uh, there was one day where I was out at Niska, and I think it was hole 16. I went up to the teapad, and I seen a red disc in front of me and I thought oh, I'll see if there's a number on it so I turned it over and the disc was I think it was a I forget which disc it was I have a picture of it but it had three signatures on it Big Germ Paul Uliberry, Nate Sexton and it was just laying on the ground and all that so I texted the guy and I'm like hey did you lose your disc at Niska which one is it I'm like it's a red one uh yeah can you wait there I'm like well I'm leaving now but you know I'll, <laughs> I'll hide it somewhere if you want which one is it? So I took a photo and the guy just lost it. Oh, I can't lose that one. That's my, yeah. But yeah. You can't be losing a big sexy three? berry disc. No exactly. way. Yeah. He got it's it back. golden trio. Good, yeah. good. It's the golden trio, that disc. That's, uh, that's fantastic. That, yeah. That, yeah, that's awesome. That's the nickname, I guess. That's, see, that's the stuff that you can educate big us as berry. these newer <laughs> disc golfers. Big sexy berry. I like it. Well, yeah, that's, that's just yeah, from Joe's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got to be watching that. Big sexy berry, big berry, depending on big who's uh, who's on yep. commentary at the time. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, awesome. Well, Tim, what we wanted to do as well is you kind of given us a good idea of how you got into it and how you went into it like head first, playing tons of rounds, buying discs like nobody's business. How did you then become the president of the Edmonton Disc Golf Association? That's such a good question. Um, I think something I'm really good at is just like relationship building. Like I'm, I'm, I, I really like being around people. I like being personable. I, I like people. So I think I got to know kind of those, that crew from like the 2017 when I first joined to 2020, like, you know, the, the Wallys, the Tims, the Brendan Millets, the, the Joeys, like the, I got to know a bunch of those guys just by playing with them often enough. And the club was pretty small back then. So you were playing with those guys pretty often. You got to know each other pretty pretty quickly, and um, disc golf is like just inherently inclusive. And they included me very quickly as soon as I joined. And you know, I I think um, they were just welcoming and accepted me <laughs> very quickly. And so I guess where this is going is that in 2020, Wally I believe was outgoing president. He had kind of sent me a few messages. Um, kind of leading up to the AGM being like, hey, man, like, we're we're hoping to kind of, I'm leaving the council, um, hoping to revamp with some new people, like, would you be interested in, in maybe like a, the vice president role? And I was kind of like, whoa, that's a that's a big role to kind of take on without any board experience. But I mean, if Wally, I mean, I have so much respect for what what he's done in our community. I, I was just kind of like, how could I how could I say no to him? He's just, he's just a, a, a giant in our community. He's done so much for us. I, I can't say no. So I, I said, yeah, well, yeah, well, vice president. I mean, for, absolutely. Let's let's I'll do it for sure. 
And then a week later, which was a week before the the uh, the AGM, he was like, "So things have changed, and actually, you should consider running for president." What? <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of like, "I mean, if you think if you think I can, like if you think I can do it, like, sure, I, I'm not going to say no." But that's at the time that felt like, "What am I getting myself into?" Like that is such a yeah. huge, huge, huge ask. And even thinking about that right now is just kind of like, oh my, oh my God, why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) um, They were, you know, everyone on that board and Wally, they kind of reassured me. They're like, you know, it's, it's, it's as much work as you want it to be. And it is tough, but it's really rewarding. And, and again, it was, it was 2020 and like the, the, the real boom hadn't happened yet. It was kind of still like we were still kind of in weird lockdown. It was the winter, like it, it really hadn't sunk in yet. So it was kind of like, okay, like I know the club, I know like Wally's got like this course that he's building. I'm surrounded by people who know what to do. Like, I feel like I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And just, I, there, I was, there was no one else that went for the position. So I, I, I was, I got the position and I was just kind of like, I remember sitting at this very table being like, Okay, I, I guess I'm the president of the Edmonton Disc Golf Association, <laughs> and just being like, how did this happen? Like, how how did this how did we get here? Um, but again, I just can't speak highly enough uh, of the people like like Wally and like Tim Sherman and like Fuby and like Joey and, and all those people who uh, were very patient with me as I as I brought on some new ideas and then um, tried to figure out what my role was and what my vision was. Um, they they were just so awesome and accommodating, and it wasn't always easy. We did have a lot of like um, just turmoil to start with because I think there was just like this, you know, there were so many people in my first year that were joining the club. You know, we went from a seventy person club to a two hundred and eleven person club in a year. Wow! And it like you know, I just struggled to figure that out really quickly. We 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 did in a way, but we had and we had some amazing council members like. Having Travis Bouchard and 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 having Vicky, just like <laughs> I can't, I can't even begin to describe what having having people that invested, that smart, means to this club. Like they, this this club owes so much to so many people for being able to make that transition and and not drop the ball too hard when when that many people came on board and started playing our sport. Uh, I I just you know I I am. I feel like I've done a good job. <laughs> I feel like yes. I've, I feel like yes. I feel like I've 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 done a good job and I've done my best. But I am I am nothing without the the board members that I've that I've been so fortunate to have around me and the and the community kind of rally around my ideas and some of my my things. Like I'm by far from perfect, but I think like people are just so grateful and willing to step up and um, have just been um, just so incredibly supportive. Um, I just, yeah, I, I'm so surrounded by just amazing people and that's been just the biggest joy of it all. I think you're probably not giving yourself enough credit. I think to say that you surrounded yourself with amazing people is one thing, but to be able to convince those people that what you're saying is the right thing to do and have them say, yeah, we're with you, Tim, we're going to, sounds like a good idea and we're going to go with it and roll, you know, roll with what, whatever you say. I think that's definitely more on you than it is than you're giving yourself credit for so well i i I i'm gonna 
I'm going to keep deferring <laughs> any that. sort of, yeah, As yeah. As every gonna, good leader yeah. should and does. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I have such, because you know what, I really believe, like, I really believe so many of the best ideas that this, this board has come up with are, are I, I feel like I've positioned us to make good ideas and now good ideas are like coming to us. And so I feel like, yep, I've had my hand in being able to empower people to come up with great ideas and latch onto them. But I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm no mastermind. I feel like my strength is just organizing people and having a bit of vision. Um, whereas, you know, again, I, the, not even just the council members, like all the community members who have stepped up with like donations or work at the courses or ideas. Like I get emails almost daily or messages almost daily from people saying like, hey, I, I just thought of this or hey, I, I, you know, have you thought about this? Like just people who are just pouring themselves into this club to try and help in any way they can. And I, I just like, I, I, again, that's just like, that is disc golf. <laughs> disc golf is just like yeah. people, people just jump into it and they're just like, how can I make this better? How can I, you know, you guys had Mark uh, Thompson on the yeah. podcast a couple episodes First ago. And he's the, yeah. a prime example of that. He is just like that guy who's like, yeah, he's going to go to Wildman and, and help them develop the course. Yeah, he's going to be at Hermitage driving trucks. Yeah, he's going to, uh, you know, go up for a board position on the council. Yeah, he's going to be playing in the leagues. Like he's just, you know, he's a classic example of the personality type that this sport attracts. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we're, we're very happy to call him both a friend and a friend of the show too. And yeah, he's a great guy. And we see that. I can tell you too, Tim is like, I've been part of the club now for two years since I got into disc golf. And, um, well, the one thing I noticed is all of my interactions, all of the things that you guys have offered have always been first class and really great and well-organized, even things that are brand new, where probably behind the scenes, you're scrambling to try to put it together and you don't know what it's going to look like on the face that the club sees and each of us individuals, it's always a top level product. And, and I'm really excited about that because when you think about it, from what you're saying of having 70 members to 211 to this year, I think we went over 400 members, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah over yeah. 400 members and, you know, getting Hermitage to be a premier uh, disc golf course in Edmonton with, you know, two basket locations, two tee pads, like, you know, just a great place to play, getting, helping Alberta Hospital get off the ground, running River City Cup, doing putting league, doing all of these clinics. It's just, you guys have so much on your plate. And then when I, the last thing to say about that was when Daryl and I got to sit on the AGM meeting and the call, I sat on a few, nothing crazy, but I've sat on a few little board meetings here and there. And that was one of the best organized, most inclusive, like, like you said, in the old days, you'd be struggling to find somebody to volunteer. And there was more volunteers than you could even award positions to. It was the best thing I'd seen. So just kudos to you and the team that you have around you for all the things you're doing. Yeah, and thank you. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? The goal is that um, we create an environment that people want to be a part of and that people like, oh, I have something to offer this. I'm going to put my name in the hat. And you're right. Like, I hated having um not enough positions for the people stepping up but that is a sign of health within the club um and i just hope that those people circle around and and, and you know can take over and, and be a part of it and um it, it, that was that truly was probably one of the most rewarding things um since taking on this position like there's been a lot of smashing my head against the wall about some things and and <laughs> there's been a lot of uh 
uh, heartaches, but um, there's been so many successes and that was definitely one of the top, top successes was just seeing um, the, the names come in um, for, for board positions. And I appreciate the, the kudos for the, uh, for the AGM. I usually build, start building that spreadsheet about this time for next year. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. awesome. I want to touch on something that you mentioned about uh, the numbers of members that we have and things like that. And we've spoken to Kristen last uh, week about it as well. And she mentioned that, you know, it went from a certain number and then we had the, the COVID boom that it, it, it exploded. Now those numbers have, are, are kind of dipped down a little bit. Obviously, people are taking it up, finding the, the other things to do or things like that. And that kind of led me and Jeremy to kind of have a, a bit of a discussion about what sort of aspect are you what sort of things are you doing to keep that ball rolling and, and encouraging new people to to you know take on the sport again and then that kind of goes also hand in hand with the idea that we had is that is there any program that you're doing uh in regards to schools and getting like junior golfers and, and young people to get into the sport these are excellent excellent questions um, there's a few rolled think, into one there i apologize yeah no no <laughs> these are both excellent questions I'll, I'll i'll do my best to get to each of them succinctly um regarding the boom um so we went from 70 members to 211 to 250 to 400 um so i think locally we're actually still seeing a boom i think globally right. there has been a plateau but i think yeah. locally because of niska pasquak because of Wildman, because of bailey's crossing because of the hermitage because of i think locally we're actually still going to see a little bit of growth what happens beyond this next year i'm not certain but i i, I think we're still in, a, in a, a growth phase just based on i mean i played three rounds today and all three courses were packed it was a beautiful nice. day but it's winter yeah. golf and the courses were packed i've never seen that before in my life that's so awesome. I think from an Edgar perspective, it's really important that we capitalize on it. Like, I'm sure that half the people that played the courses, they probably don't even know that the courses were fully funded by the club. They probably understand it to be like a city initiative, which is not the mm -hmm. case. Right. The city right. has a lot of control over it, but it's the club that has to generate the funds and, and ultimately install the courses. And I think one of the biggest challenges that we have had or or have learned that we have is communicating the importance of becoming a club member because those dollars to start with are important, but also just having people in the club to voice their opinions and to offer volunteer time is important. So I, I suspect, and this is, I have no hard evidence to back this up, but I suspect um, that the club probably represents around 10 to 20% of the actual amount of disc golfers in our city. Wow. So there is a, I guess that is a, maybe an advertisement or a call out to anyone listening today and all of us is that when you're out on the course and you're seeing people maybe that's something in the conversation we can drop in hey are you an edgar member and then give them a little information because to me yeah. how many other clubs like i've played in essc and i've played in leagues and in, in volleyball and that kind of thing and you'll get eight weeks and everybody on the team pays like 120 dollars per person for that eight week session and right. then when you're part of EDGA, you pay $20 for a year. And I was part of Norwester League as the rec league. And I paid $40 to play from April to the end of September. Like there isn't better value in any other sport that you can play in my mind. Yeah. So that's, that's one of those things I think people need to know um, about being a member of EDGA. And I'm expecting, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, is when you have 400 members like we do now, 
and you go to the city to talk about another opportunity that maybe you're looking to do, it's just that much more support in your corner to show that this isn't just 12 people asking for a disc golf course. This is a, a large group of people. You touched on so many exactly perfect points. Um, I think a big mandate of Edgar is to keep disc golf affordable, like keep the prices affordable. We don't need to be making tons and tons of money. We're a non-for-profit. We just need to make sure we have money to support our courses, keep programming going and build it kind of organically. So uh, affordability, like you said, like that, that membership fee, we brought it down from 30 bucks to 10 bucks or 30 bucks to 20 bucks because we are like, well, it's, just, it's literally, they don't have a $30 bill. They have a $20 bill. Let's make it easy for people to give me a $20 bill. Uh, and same with the leagues. Like, like we'll, we'll keep those affordable so that it attracts people and gives them amazing value because um, affordability is a big part of the sport. And then the second part of that is absolutely the, the, the you know, the look to the city. We have, it's funny because I, I, I struggle with the city sometimes, but the reality is that the people that we actually interface with at the city are actually, they love our club. They love dealing with our board. They are fantastic to work with. They're just kind of tied by their own bureaucracy. So we, we actually have amazing people in our corner, but it, there's so much value in being able to say like, yeah, we have a 70 member club. Oh, actually it's a 200 member club. Actually it's a 400 member club. Maybe next year it's 600. And, and, you know, it's not like, it's not like people that make these decisions are typically out on the courses on a Saturday afternoon, seeing the backlog of people. They don't see that. I can give them UDISC data. I can give them membership data and I can give them anecdotal data, but, um, I guess that's kind of an oxymoron, but I can give them <laughs> anecdotal thoughts, uh, of, about it. But that's really like having people and having growth in the membership is, is actually a very important strategy and an important part of the growth of the sport in our municipality. And, and I'll, 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 I'll piggy that back onto the second part of Daryl's question, which is about the schools. Yeah. We have not done enough to, to, to go into the schools. Um, we, we've started to kind of, um, do a bunch of some coaching sessions. I don't think we advertise that very much. Like I think last year we probably right. did about 10, 10 learn to throw programs at schools which are really fun. Um, they're, they're obviously very educational about our sport. They obviously touch on, on everything you would imagine. Um, but I think that probably is one area of growth where we have not done our part yet, where we've been very focused on course development, very focused on like getting an updated logo, very focused on like building a website, very focused on programming, excuse me, but we haven't really dug as deeply as we should into that side of it. Um, that being said, we have a new director of, of growth who I, I think will take what we've done now, which has been good, really good, and hopefully just take it to the next level. And I, I think getting into schools is a, is a big part of that. There's only so much you can do in a year, Tim. <laughs> I, if only a I know year you want to do more. Longer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. and with that too, and we touched on it as well, and we, we got a little bit of the information out there, but I think it would be a good time to do it as well. It's not only are you focusing on the juniors and the kids and, and getting in the schools, which is a great one. Like I know with the Norwester League this summer, um, Nick Legault had arranged and grabbed three or four of the guys, and or sorry, three or four of the players, and took them over to Kingswood for a Cub Scout group that was out there and did a little impromptu learn to play. So there, there are those opportunities there for the club members in that to, to put the sport out. But I know as well, we talked about 
that there's a push as well to get more women into the sport. And maybe you can tell us just a little bit more about what that programming that we've got, those clinics that are coming up. Yeah, so we were lucky to get a grant. The checkboard is like about three feet behind me. We were lucky to get a grant from Women in Motion uh, that basically was uh, a couple thousand dollars, a thousand dollars now, a thousand dollars later, specifically to fund the women's uh, growth in the game. And it, they, they don't just focus on disc golf, they focus on many sports, but we obviously um, applied for the grant and, and received it. And so that's actually going to pay for training sessions indoors at Footfield for uh, for women for a selected period of time. I, I think it's four weeks. I could be wrong, um, but it's 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 free for women to join that. It's all paid for, and it's definitely um, it's funny. Just like again, anecdotally, like uh, something when Chris and I started playing. We didn't see a lot of women out there, but as we kind of built this women's league and, and talked to women and, and started seeing them more, um, the kind of the common theme we heard was like, oh, I always go with my partner or I don't really want to play in front of other people. So I go out at weird times. Yeah. So oh, and, and, and hearing that second comment was kind of like jarring and mm -hmm. it was very eye opening. And so I, I think creating the creating the women's league. And not just creating it and like leaving it, but like trying to actively like do things to make it more inclusive, do things to make it more accessible, do it um, do it the right way that serves the women best. Um, it was just it was really important to myself. It was really important to Vicky, and those programs are just so so important. And and Kristen runs a women's only tournament every spring uh, called She's Up First, and um, it's a, it's a, it grows every year. The response is just amazing, and you can just see like the pride in the players. Like it's just stepping back and watching that is, uh, I just, I love it so much. And, and seeing the women's league scores come in every week and um, talking to them, getting their feedback and trying to improve it every year. is just, it's really important. It's really important that we, we open up that channel um, and, and make it, uh, just make it uh, something that, people feel compelled to tell their friends about and and give it give it to them and, and make it theirs and not make it what we think it should be but make it what they want it to be right so yeah no that's great i think too with the junior program it's kind of the similar thing it's, it's really about making an opportunity for it and and trying to just learn from it year over year how can we improve it how can we make it better how can we how can we position it for the players? Like everything we have to do, everything we do has to do for the members in, in whatever capacity. So, yeah, no, yeah, that, that's awesome. That's fantastic, Tim. Now I wanted to ask you a question that we have here, and this is going to lead into maybe a little bit more to, to what Daryl really wants to ask you about, but let's start okay. with um, Edgar and the region that we have, of course, Edmonton Disc Golf Association. But what is kind of the borderlands of what Edmonton kind of considers its region that we're looking after? Like, are we all the way out to Stony Plain? Like, where would you kind of give us a north, south, east, west border on that? Oh, that is a that is a complex, <laughs> that's a complex <laughs> answer. So These questions we, are only going to get tougher, Jim. Yeah, we didn't mean to. We thought we were just asking a nice little question. <laughs> no, that's no. I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> the way I see it is that we are primarily set to advise and fund and X, Y, Z, anything within the city's borders. Okay. 
So uh, I, I, I think we do a lot of work outside of our borders because I think, um, what is it, like a rising tide floats all boats? Like, I, I really believe that. Like, I believe if we are active with your Baileys and your Wildman and your Ledukes and even, even the Hills, the Hills is actually not under Edgar's purview because it's owned by the developers. But right. we've advised on on uh, their basket issues, and we've advised them because I I feel like um, the the more that we can kind of bring all the all the people and all the courses and all everyone together kind of under one umbrella, then it just it, it's a position of strength for the whole community going forward. Not just Edna, like Edna is just one entity, but I I feel really strongly that we represent the disc golfer of our local area. But in, in terms of um, our actual purview. It's really just the borders of the city and even the hills is not under our purview. <laughs> wow. wow. So. Well, that's interesting because like you said, it's going to lead on to, to one of my questions that's dear to my heart. <laughs> um, you mentioned it in the AGM or you touched on it there about the, you know, probably weekly, monthly or whatever, you get asked about when are we going to get more disc golf courses on the south side? Yeah. Now, you mentioned that, Leduc or, uh, that the hills wasn't even in your jurisdiction kind of, you know, but that, I always want to ask like two or three questions in a row. So you have to apologize. I have to apologize. But <laughs> South, South Side in general, like obviously, you know, and it is just because of the way that the city is made up, that we have a lot more parks and recreational area on the north side of Edmonton, which is yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the South Side is, is lacking in a, in a good quality 18 hole, you know, locally um, situated. I know we have Bailey's out at Devon, but somewhere on the South Side of Edmonton. And then I guess you've kind of already answered my other second part of that question was, do you know what's happening with Beaumont Disc Golf Course? Because when I started, I looked on UDisc and I, you know, you know, spoiler, I live in Beaumont and I didn't even know that there was a disc golf course in Beaumont. So that's how out of the loop I was when, it first, when I first got into it. But then I looked into it and found that there was one there and it's been under construction. And I think it's been under construction all of, all of this year. doesn't look like there's any signs of it getting uh, uh, rectified or anything like that. So... Yeah, we, south side. So to, what are to we clear, doing, Tim? <laughs> to clear Beaumont, we're completely. You probably know more about Beaumont than I do. So we've never been advised. Okay. Uh, we've never been asked about it. We've never. It's nothing Beaumont separate. has ever come across my invisible desk. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I'll uh, have Good. to yeah. take it up with somebody in the city then. Hey, hey and if anyone, if they want to talk to me about anything like advisement or anything, I'm here. Yeah. Fully here. Um, in regards to the south side, that, that that is it's it's the it's the big question of Edmonton disc golf. Like that's the it's the number one thing I do get asked for, and it's the it's the most reasonable ask. Why do we have you know Niska, Rundle, Hermitage, and soon Science Park all in the northeast uh, and nothing yeah. in the south? Um, so it's it, I, because I can't be short-winded about anything. I'll go long-winded. <laughs> um, the 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 path to getting a course built through the city is tremendously difficult even hermitage like hermitage has been in the works for like eight years before we even got to put a shovel in the ground we and that's from so having to, to hear that <laughs> Sorry. yeah it takes a long time it, it takes forever because uh, there's just like you have to do public engagements you have to fill out like a complete uh, uh municipal improvement agreement and then you have to have each stakeholder sign off on it and and that third thing it's an interesting choice of finger for the third thing um the, um, the stakeholder <laughs> part is really uh difficult because there's a lot of people who don't know the sport or don't know the land or don't know the usage that are coming in to advise their thoughts on something that they've got no experience yeah 
in context of the sport there. So what happened with Hermitage is we went through 15 to 20 different layouts before the one that exists was approved. And even the one that's approved has things that have to change. We might not get to it, uh, but there, <laughs> it, it just takes so much time. There's, there's um, distances between trees or distances, distances from trees. There's um, what, what machinery you can have in the parks. Um, there's, uh, I mean, there's just, there's just, you know, an infinite amount of people who want to put their hands on your project. So yeah. even just from filling out the municipal improvement agreement to getting the stakeholders to sign off on everything is just, it's so many years. It takes years and years and years to do it. So this, the work that was started at Hermitage started years ago. I feel like Wally did such a fantastic job to like set us up. We had all this money and we, we, we put it into Hermitage. We kind of, we were, we stayed the course of that project because of how far down the line it was. It's like, right. we're down, we're, we're this far. We have to finish this project. Just having a second 18 hole course in Edmonton will be, take so much pressure off of Rundle. Yes. Right. And I felt, I felt, I felt really, um, really like ownership of that being like someone who's used Rundle, you know, 10,000, hundred million times. Like I felt like we have to take pressure off Rundle. So, now that we're free of that, it is a matter of finding some land on the south side. Now the city, um, the people at the city that I've talked to, so um, Sherry's and Natalie's and, and those folks, they, they, they know, they know that that's our next thing. They know that that's our, that's where we're going. And they know that our, our, they, they know our intent already. Um, I've had conversations with them as far back as early 21 about it. And the only thing I've ever been told is like, well, there's no land that's up for grabs. There's nothing that's like, yep, this is like a, a, a piece that you could conceivably apply for, mm -hmm. uh, which has been kind of a non-starter for, for the city. Like they, they, they want to be able to give us a, a land because the way the agreements work, I should back that up even further. The way the agreements work is that Edmonton basically gives us the land as long as we do everything. So we fund it, we do the, yeah, right. It's, yeah. it's a super fair deal. Yes. Uh, yeah. The scale's um, like but, this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they permit us to use the land on, um, it's like five year um, contracts kind of thing. Um, and then we have to fund it. We have to maintain it. We have to, we're, we own, we have to insure it as well, which I think people um, don't oh. know that we, we do. We have to insure everything. Um, right. So there's a lot of ins and outs about everything. It just takes time the process to do it. But regardless of that process, um, we've we've asked our membership base and we've kind of looked internally at, at trying to find land on the south side that fits. We did have um, a club member um, build kind of like a temporary nine in a community league. Um, and it was it was a good layout. It was a good first attempt. I think you had some support of some people. But ultimately, I think if that exists by itself, great. But that's not what we want. We want like an 18 that would be solid. Yeah. We were approached by someone last year who found a space, but we found that it had three separate stakeholders, including like a pipeline company and then like an electric company and then the city. So trying to navigate that is just, there's a lot it, of red it, tape, I bet in that one. Exactly. And so, um, at, at this current, you know, record date, um, uh, the goal is to finish the signage of Hermitage, which is just like literally the signage and some remediation, and then put our efforts into finding some land on the south side. L land is what we need. 
<laughs> land is what we need. Yeah. If you can get us land, we can do the rest. We have a great history with the city. We have the, we know what the process is. We know how to do it. Uh, and I'm sure by the time that the stakeholders sign off on it, we'll have the capital to do it. Um, but it's really about finding that all elusive piece, which is the, 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 the where are we putting this course? Like we, we need to figure that out. Have you ever heard any, to uh, this is a bit of a sidebar, and I don't want to go d too much down this road of uh, specifics, but have you have you had a, ha ever had a conversation or has anybody brought up, um, uh, I forget, the, but it's the railway, the rail yard area um, by Calgary Trail, just north of where the police training area is there. Right. I drove nope. past it the other day because I seen it, but there's big signs up that say you're not even allowed to walk your dog on this area. It's owned by the rail it's not CN. It's another. It's like Kansas City Rail or something like that. But I wasn't <laughs> sure if that was just a name that you've been approached by before. But nope. Um, if not, I will not. keep my. Yeah, I'll get a phone number. I'll do some research into it, and I'll try and put my uh, put my efforts into trying to do something for the South Side anyway. And I, I think it's worth stating for anyone who hears this in Edmonton and, and wants to help with this is like feel empowered to to email my myself or, or the club and let us know of opportunities like let us know if you see something that makes sense like i just from like uh you know a literal physical standpoint we can't be everywhere <laughs> like yeah. our club members can be a massive asset and they can ident help us identify places we're 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 now that the hermitage 98 percent behind us this is our priority this is my priority um and this is something i do believe in like i really i I, I feel like when I tell people, like, we know, we know, we know about the South, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not sure how much they hear that, but I, I mean it. Like, we we truly do know that the South needs this course more than anything in the city, and it is important <laughs> to us. And I think if our club members can help us identify land, we can, we can certainly um, get started on that, I mean, quite literally yeah. at any point. So, Southside yeah. listeners, get out there, start looking, yeah. start hunting, and... And then email the club I mean, and let them know what you found. <laughs> if you're a disc golfer and you're driving around the city or you're driving anywhere outside of the city, surely that I, I think we've had this conversation before. Like, who is not looking out the windows thinking, That's oh, a you could build a nice disc golf course there? You could be, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> I think the, the big thing that um, I would say is like, it's got to be a big space. Don't yeah. underestimate the size. The space has to be quite big. Excuse me. Um, where you know i i personally think anything wooded would be really really beneficial like we've got a couple really good park golf courses and i think we could mm -hmm. de definitely benefit from something a little more wooded inside the city something technical um and if it's river valley please try to stay away from it because that is just the most that is the biggest pain <laughs> to try and work through you know, yeah well so, good but good tips I, yeah but, but i mean in reality we're we're going to be open to any space we're going to be open to anything as long as it, it makes sense like and and the city's willing to work with that piece of land that's the number one thing so awesome and you kind of touched on it there but i guess if you were if you were to pick a top three priority um of edgar for the the next year finish off hermitage is it yeah, south yeah, side but... after that or is it anything to do with norwester i know in the agm you mentioned something about trying to work on a, on uh, getting Norwester up to scratch there the few pin, uh, pain points out there that you wanted to look at as well well and before yeah, we before we give you that uh, moment there I'm just going to say real quick to him sorry to interrupt just so you know because you're going to be happy to hear this if you've been listening to some of the other episodes we're taking Daryl out to Norwester tomorrow we're going to teach him <laughs> that there is some there is some good value there 
<laughs> so stay Norwester, tuned for yeah. his review. <laughs> it's a fun course. Norwester's got some really great shots to it. Um, it I think it can get tricky when it's full, <laughs> but it's got some great shots. Um, I can't, I can't yeah. really use my line on the president of Edgar, can I, Jeremy? I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't be an episode if you didn't use it. I value your opinion, Tim, but you're wrong. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe tomorrow we'll go out there, we'll have a good round, and I'll, I'll like it again. No, no sorry. No this about Daryl. If he is wrong, he's the first to admit it, so we're hoping after tomorrow we've convinced him. <laughs> there you go. Stay tuned for next episode, and I'll, I'll give you an yeah. update. Yeah, I'll be listening. <laughs> Don't you worry. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, um, for yeah. the top three going forward for this year, what would you say <laughs> the top three priorities are? I think uh, that's, again, I can't give a short answer because that's not who I am as a person. <laughs> um, yes, finishing uh, finishing Hermitage is absolutely the number one priority. Luckily, um, it's already, everything's basically yeah. in the works. We're just getting final approval on the signage from the city um, because surprisingly, even the signs, uh, it's very, you, we have to follow the fonts. We have to follow the color. We have to get it all approved by, wow. by them first before. Yeah. And like, we can't put like advertisements on them. We, there's, there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of ins and outs to even just the signage, but we're, we're, we're reasonably down that path, but that'll happen pretty quick. There's some remediation that'll happen in the spring. It's, you know, we're on the very, very last parts of it. So that's great. That's number one. Make that a fully serving, fully served course. Um, I would say number two priority is going to be split between starting the process of finding a south side course and focusing on making River City Cup a better tournament. Great. River City Cup went really well last year, um, but we circulated a survey and I think there was a lot to learn from, from doing it from a club perspective. Um, a lot of people have done it, like Wally's done it so well for so long, and last year was kind of the first crack at the club doing it. And I think we did a really good job. The rain all weekend didn't really help. Right. Um, but um, I, I personally see that as a big opportunity for myself and for the club, just to kind of continue to put our, put our kind of name out there and stamp down as like um, producing high quality programming. And uh, I would say the second part of the second priority would be the Norwestern tee pads. Um, I don't know if we have the capital to kind of go after everything all at once. Like I think at mm -hmm. this point with how much we spent on Hermitage and just where we are financially, like I think we'll, we're in a good spot, but I think we also have to be careful not to just go, yep, Let's line up that project and do it. Let's line up this project and do it. Let's line, like we kind of have to, we're at a spot now with Hermitage being where it is that we can, we have to take a breath and determine what the next yeah. best move is. So that I would say is tied for the number two priority. And then I have a tied for third place. <laughs> a tied for third place priority. I, I do think that growing the junior and women's side game side of the game is, is like our third priority. It should probably be higher on that list if I'm being honest. Like I'm, as I'm reviewing my own list, I'm like, eh. <laughs> um, but I, I do think there's more work to be done there. Like I think we've done a really good job, but I'd like to do a, a much better job, especially on the junior side of things. Um, so that would be, that'd be in a nutshell, <laughs> my, my five, three point list. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on something you mentioned there because it just came to me about Hermitage and you said that it's pretty much all taken care of. Do you, obviously you must be aware because you've probably seen it every time you go out there. Um, what sort of, um, what does it take when you look at hole three? 
where the the short pin location it's kind of been a bit damaged there like how how much what what does it take to get that back to you know obviously like you said you have to jump through so many hoops i'm sure you can't just go out there dig a hole pull that pole out and put a new pole in and everything is good yeah well when that happened a whole 17 short at rundle it took about a month and a half of emails to make it work <laughs> well month and a half that doesn't sound too bad considering how long you said that it takes to do everything else so but still yeah a month and a half just to get a hole yeah i'm gonna oh. i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this in real time i'm gonna do this in real time i'm gonna look up mower aha uh-huh. so i sent the email damage to hermitage collars on october 23rd and we're still that looking at it <laughs> yeah yeah that email is never acknowledged um wow. yeah so it it, it yeah, that's again, that's uh, an unfortunate kind of thing that ha- circumstance that happens. The mowers, for whatever reason, don't catch the, the 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 pole that's indicating where the collar is, and then they they hit the pole, um, and and they have they have the tools and know how to 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 form them back into place. It's more okay. about someone owning up to it and being like, yeah, we'll go fix that. Right. Gotcha. So Tim, as well, you were mentioning River City Cup there, and we're going to lead into a couple other um, topics that we want to move on to, include Winter League and that. Um, but with River City Cup, it is a, one of the premier tournaments in the Edmonton area right now, and at this point, it is a B tier, if I'm correct, with PDGA. Is yeah. there any hopes or plans of ever trying to get an A tier in the Edmonton area, and would River City Cup possibly be a, an opportunity for that? Absolutely. It actually was a A tier, I believe in 21. Uh, yeah, I think it was 21. It was an A tier before I, I was a part of it. I think I, I did some volunteer work for it, but it was still a Wally special and he he, he brought it to an A tier level. Um, absolutely. The reason why I, I very intentionally scaled it back to a B tier just because of my own um, abilities as a TD. I'd only ran uh, a handful of C tiers and I, I just full disclosure, I didn't have the have the confidence or the the know how of how to run tournaments that big. So I intentionally scaled it back to a B tier, and I tried to make it very, very not limited, but very like concise. Here's what we're doing. Here's here's the plan. Here's how it goes. Like I tried very intentionally to make it what it was last year, and then with the hopes of growing it incrementally. So this year it will be a B tier. I don't think it'll look too terribly different from last year, but hopefully just improved and enhanced. Um, but I, I absolutely, we'll see me these Caesars, they're, they're coming back in. Uh, <laughs> All that war test uh, shower sauce. <laughs> yeah. So can we pause that? How are we saying this? <laughs> okay. How, how would you, how would you say it, Tim? Worcestershire. How would you say it, Jeremy? I say like Worcestershire's cat <laughs> or something. <laughs> So the actual pronunciation is Worcester, sure. Worcester, so w- Worcester, W O O S T E R, Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. You, right. you put too many uh, syllables in there. It's not Worcestershire, Worcestershire, Shire. Worcestershire, sure. <laughs> we'll get well, it eventually. Worcester. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, now a lot more people know how to say it. I hope. There you go. Um. Yeah, so the intent is definitely one day to bring that back to an A-tier level tournament. I think it's deserving of it for sure. And I think Edmonton does deserve to have one, if not two, good A-tier level tournaments. Um, this year, I'm, it's going to be very much the same as last year with just some enhancements. Um, again, just because I, I, I'm just 
with all the things going on club wise uh, and with my own kind of abilities and skills, I, I, I just feel like I need to keep my own um, expectations in check and keep my own uh, sanity in check. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I still have a full-time job. I have a full-time uh, dog. I have a house. <laughs> I have uh, uh, my amazing partner, Kristen. We're fostering a cat. I still play men's league hockey. Like, uh, you know, I, I just selfishly, like, I have to be very aware of my own capacity. Oh, absolutely. And um, so I, I, I've intentionally kept it as a B tier for the two years to learn how to run bigger tournaments. Um, but I definitely anticipate and would hope that uh, River City could be an A tier sooner than later. Well, with that, Tim, I think that leads into hopefully you'll be willing to come on another time. But I think, Daryl, we could do an episode of what it's like to be a TD and what's involved in that because we show up for these tournaments and we play, we pay our money and we have a good time. But there's so much that goes behind that. And as you're saying, you know, to go from a C to a B to an A, we're just thinking, oh, just slap A on it. Why don't you do that? And there's probably so much stuff we could talk about to really give people an understanding of what goes into putting those tournaments together. Yeah, I'd be happy. You guys can call me up anytime and I'd be happy to come on, whether it's tournament talk or Edgar, just, you know, want to chat about disc golf in general. Anytime you guys want me, you just send me the, the note. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah, we have that. Yeah. We've had that recorded now, Jeremy. Yes, we do. <laughs> that will be our little <laughs> snip when we're promoting uh, for the next time we want him on, right? Yeah, exactly. I'll just say, yeah. I'll just say too, from a TD perspective, the fact that Wally, at some point in the next year or half, in a year or so, or whenever it is going to be, is going to complete his 100th tournament is absolutely mind-boggling. Wow. That wow. is, I mean, I've done, I think, six, five or six at this point, and I, I just like the exhaustion and the work yeah. and the, like the the anxiety you have about about it going off right and how people think about it and how and will it be you know there's just so many little things you think about every single day and you have to consider everything and the fact that yeah. he's like yeah i'm about to do my 100th like how lucky <laughs> are we as a community to have people like that who have just given themselves to this sport oh yeah. most wow. most definitely well tim can we roll over to we we like to what we've been doing is we've been giving a little bit of a winter league update each week so we're going to do a league update for week three and unfortunately i don't get to uh put my special cap on and take the honors this week but yeah i i mean i made the i made the post a few hour hour or two ago about uh, you know the hot put the hot round up there and i didn't see your name which was a little bit unfortunate yeah Um, flash in the pan so yeah, Rundle, right. Rundle and I, Tim, we're still working on me finding a uh, subpar round at Rundle. We'll, we'll find it eventually, but we're working on it. Well, let me tell you, the Nate Sexton Firebird will change your game. Put That's one what in your I'm bearing. Yeah. I'd say, well, the Especially next time you're Rundle. just retiring one just because, let me know. Maybe we can make a trade or something. <laughs> that sounds good to me. I, I'm actually really heartbroken that I haven't been able to jo- I wasn't able to join uh, Winter League this year. I had such an amazing time with it last year. I was really happy to be able to bring it back, but I had a work change at the end of October where it necessitated that I work Saturdays as opposed to my usual Sundays where I would get Saturdays off. So I, I, I couldn't make it work from a scheduling perspective. Um, but I, I saw uh, Jan Olson who uh, joined the league this year and I talked to her a little bit today and she just said that she, she was so sweet. She was just like, I'm having the best time. I'm learning so much and everyone has been so incredibly welcoming and nice. And, and I mean, that's awesome. We're out there playing winter disc golf and we're still building community. Like it's this, yeah. it's perfect. 
Well, I've had a chance awesome. to play with her a couple times and um, she is a listener of the show and like we were really happy. She's like, are you the Jeremy from the, the podcast? <laughs> So that was our, our our minor celebrity status, Daryl, and I have gotten so far. <laughs> Just show show me show me where you wanted me to sign on your disc. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, she's she's so great, and she's I mean, she went and watched. Uh, I can't remember which tournament it was last year that she went and watched a tournament in the states, and just came back with uh, these amazing stories of of. Um, rubbing elbows with the pros and she's you know yeah. i just see her more than most people at the at the course and she's just so involved and um you know i look at the list of people in that winter league like dylan frolick like he ran our hills league for a year and mark thompson obviously we spoke about him and and jana and just like there's so many people on that list of uh of just the winter leaguers that are just like it's amazing it's so cool to see everyone out there and i i'm at work wallowing and being sad <laughs> and just seeing all the scores come in live and just being like oh well, and with the weather this year, it has been fantastic. It's been great to play. And I think what we'll do is we'll shout out Dylan because he did have the hot round at Rundle again with a minus six. And I think that's the um, score to beat for the top uh, players there is that minus six. We haven't seen it uh, beaten the last uh, two times at Rundle. That's a, that's a, I mean, that's a good score. Uh, the baskets are an easy spot, but like that, those little icy patches, if you're not, if you're not dropping the disc on a good spot or having a good day on the putting green, like... It could be really, really tricky. Yeah, we've seen a couple of discs slide. Not so much now, because now that it's melted a little bit, it's getting better. But that first week, there were there were a couple uh, toboggan runs down the hill with the with the putters. <laughs> yeah, it can get skippy out there. So you gotta you gotta play smart. So, and then I guess the next thing we've got coming up too, as we keep rolling through kind of events, is we're gonna have tundra toss and welcome day and that was also just announced yeah. recently but we wanted to give you some time maybe to reiterate that information and make sure that everybody listening knows what their first event to look forward to for tournament season is yeah thanks so uh travis bouchard and i kind of created this event i mean there's been ice bowls in the past which have been very it's kind of a bigger brand thing with the ice bowls but we felt we wanted something that was a little bit more localized and um that we could kind of start as a annual thing so we, we created the tundra toss uh, we kind of actually created that separate of Edgar for the first year. And then for the second one, we, we brought it into the Edgar umbrella and kind of matched it up with our welcome days so that people could come like pick up their bag tags, pick up a coupon and, and kind of just like um, really feel the community in like February. Mm -hmm. um, so February 25th, 2024, we have the Tundra Toss 3. Uh, I'll have 19 holes. It'll be the same layout as it was. Uh, oh, not quite the same because Rundle's different, but it'll be a very similar layout to last year. Um, the registration for that is going to go live at 8 p.m. on January 25th, 2024, so a month before the tournament. And we are pairing it again with the Welcome Day. So the Welcome Day is, uh, I've already talked to some uh, community people. Uh, we're going to have some, we're going to have some people that I want to, I don't, I can't, I can't make any official announcements unfortunately right now that's okay um, because there's, there's there's about six different balls in the air that we're, we're juggling <laughs> but um there's going to be a lot of um, um activations from prominent disc golf people in the area and uh, we're going to work to make sure that we yeah we give everyone like a real real community day I'm almost like I've kind of began to envision almost like a trade show style day where people nice. can play Ooh. the tournament and then people can also show up and engage with um, either either retailers or owners of courses nearby or people who have uh, it just trade show style kind of fashion. So I, I, I want to make the community day 
yes, come get your egg stuff. Yes, there's a tournament going on, but also like, let's just like in the middle of winter here, like remember that we're a community that's still growing. Oh, that sounds awesome. I, I know I participated in last year's tournament. That was actually my first tournament I'd ever been in. And it was fantastic. Everything from the course layout to, you know, getting my bag tag, meeting people from the club, um, doing a disc swap we did last year, which was fantastic. Right. I still got a couple discs that I use from that. And uh, even um, Disc Dog was out there last year and we had some, yeah. what was it? Was the uh, ramen noodle hot the ramen dog we had. <laughs> that was it was just a great day all around yeah and I, I mean i feel like we could definitely do that in the summer but there's something very unique and edmontonian about doing that in at the end of february like making that kind of our focal community point like is is kind of funny to me and it's kind of like it's just very edmontonian so i feel like it's very appropriate and i i'm just leaning into it more than anything Agreed. That's kind yeah. of funny because that was my that was my first ever disc golf related thing. I didn't even have any discs. I ordered a Gyropalooza box and I didn't get them until the March. But I went to you know I just knew when I found out about Edgar and I knew that I had to sign up. Um, I went there, picked up my bag tags and that. And then and you mentioned about Briggsy. He was on the course and shouted to me, you know, when are you coming to play and all that. And my my girlfriend was with me at the time as well. And yeah. Um, didn't even have any discs and I went there and, uh, you know, I didn't know what was happening. I saw all these guys playing around a golf, didn't realize that it was a tournament that was arranged and things like that. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I will, will definitely be there next year. That's awesome. I, I just like that. I love when you walk into a tournament or like an event like that and you just feel the sense of community. Like it's just so yeah. apparent why everyone's there and that, you know, them kids they call it the vibes but the vibes are good you know it's, it's just one of those things where you just sense it in the air i i think one of my favorite favorite things every single year that i've been so lucky to experience the last three or four years is uh, driving into uh, aston meadows for falcon's flight and there's just something so incredibly special about like you know you have to close the gate behind you because you don't you can't let the horses out so you have to do that and then you have this slow bumpy drive up and you see like the tenters and the campers and you see like the two courses and um it, it's you know after a long drive kind of experiencing all that you just oh you get i, I get goosebumps every time it's just like i feel the sense of community and, and that's ultimately what i'm looking to um I'm, I'm hoping to provide to our community members here especially with the tundra toss is like Let's, let's just make it cold, but fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, there was another piece of news that was announced recently, and I was waiting and chomping at the bit for it because last year, Canadian Nationals was out in Thunder Bay. And the question was, where was it going to be this year? Because it seems to go either far-flung east or far-flung west. It ends up in PEI. It ends up where it is. But we're lucky enough that it's going to be out at Clearwater and – to yeah. me, seven and a half hour drive, I like that a lot better than maybe a seven and a half hour flight or whatever it would take to go out yeah. east. So uh, with that, I wanted to ask you, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to hopefully get in and head out there. Have you participated in nationals before is one part of the question. And then the other part of the question is, have you played those courses out at uh, out in Clearwater? No and no. I've uh, never done the <laughs> nationals. Um, I've... I, I would really like to. Uh, I feel like even though I've played 200 rounds this year, I really had to scale back the amount of rounds I, I got to play and the amount of like trips I got to go do for disc golf. I would love to go, and I, I, I haven't to this point. Um, 
being that it's in BC this year, it's very tempting. And I know, I know someone in my household who is very excited to be going <laughs> as soon as they can sign up. Um, I have never played, I haven't played those courses either. Uh, so it, I, I don't know much about them. I, I, as soon as it was announced, I obviously went to UDisc and was like flipping yes. through and looking through them and like, you know, doing my investigation of it. Um, they look, yeah. they look tremendous. They look like, it looks like it's going to be a world-class uh, event. Well, and as that uh, certain someone told us last week, we just need to put the alert reminder on disc golf scene. It'll yeah. remind me. I think uh, Daryl yep. looked in our chain out calendar that we have together and he's like, oh, Jeremy's already got registration date in the calendar. <laughs> That's a smart. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, we're always thinking. Cool. Well, I figure if, uh, if half the household is going, maybe the whole household should be, be going. But that uh, fair. You know, we'll right I, that's yeah. how i look at it so. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was really exciting yeah well another thing tim yeah. at this time we normally do our course review but right. right now rather than pull you into a course review and do that kind of thing we thought we'd do a, something different for this week and do a yeah. course preview right daryl yeah we wanted to kind of throw things over to you a bit and whether you've got any information on it or what you envision it looking like, but we wanted to talk about um, the new Sunridge Science Park uh, course. And what can we expect? What's it going to look like? Do you know what any of the holes are going to be like? Is all yeah. of those types of things. Give us as much as we can to get ourselves so excited for that course. I'll, I'll preface this by saying I know shockingly little about it. I know <laughs> there is going to be one. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be one. It's going to be a um, short largely... preview here, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's... I'll, I'll tell you what I do know. I've, I've largely um, let Joey Wilson, our treasurer, uh, kind of own that project. Just kind of like he really wanted, felt passionate about that project, and I, I'm not the kind of person to kind of interfere with someone's passion project. So it was kind of like Joey, if you're on that, you you do that, and he's been absolutely crushing it. So we've we've purchased nine baskets, and the other nine were purchased by Sunridge. And what's important to note about this property is that it's half provincial land and half private oh. property. Yes. Okay. So Science Park is actually considered provincial land, not city. Um, but the, the province actually is there, like they want this to go in. And obviously um, for, the, for the summer months, uh, Sunridge, it's, it's a great opportunity for them as well. Um, have either of you played the old Science Park course? No, I can tell you my little experience with Science Park was uh, back in my mountain biking days. There's some trails in the area. Right. And I remember right. when you get to the old Science Park building, I feel like Scooby-Doo and the gang are going to come out and investigate a mystery <laughs> or something out there. So I know that the land is not used, I guess, is what I mean to say about that. So putting a disc golf course in there, what we know, just looking at Rundle in the summer, you will build it and we will come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I, I had the pleasure of playing that course a handful of times with, with Joey. Um, not enough to know it very well, um, but enough to know that it's, it's a lot of rough land with some groomed moments and a lot of elevation. Um, there's a lot of really difficult shots. Like there are some, I, I know there's one hole and I, I do believe it's going to be on the layout, but I, I don't, don't, don't hold me to it. It's just like, it's almost like a six, 700 foot hole, but it just bends the whole time. Oh, and 
and it's like it's quite treed on the inside so it's it's um you know it's a very very technical one uh i actually have not seen any layout proposal or anything on the sunridge side but i do know that it's going to be quite uh the elevation will be the name of the game on that it'll be all about elevation so it'll be something that we don't really see at least not any of the public courses that we currently have maybe on the private ones but we really don't get a lot of elevation. We might get a berm at Norwester where the, the right. basket is placed. But, uh, you know, aside from the one downhill shot at Rundle, that's probably the biggest hill I think we experience. Yeah, and, and this will definitely be a prominent theme. I know on the Science Park side, um, it's there's a reasonable amount of elevation. And it's like, I remember it being very uh, a difficult but fair track. I remember thinking like, this is hard, but it's also very fair. A um, couple very downhill shots and, and like um, a lot of a lot of big shots. And then I haven't seen the Sunridge, but I know I've I've been to Sunridge. I ski there. I I know the land, and I've been told it's it's a it's it's lots of elevation. And uh, yeah, we're we're we've, we're ready to kind of go to install the baskets pretty much as soon wow. as the ground is is uh, uh, broken up. Uh, I probably should look a little more deeply into it. I've just, like I said, I've just kind of been a little bit hands off on it because I didn't want to micromanage someone else's passion project. I just felt right. I, I had my lane I wanted to stay in and I wanted to respect Joey's work on, on that project. Well, I, what I, I'm I hearing, go ahead. Darryl. What I'm hearing, what I'm hearing, Jeremy, is that there's an opportunity to get Joey on the podcast and <laughs> talk to him more about it. It sounds like a potential guest to me. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he, and and he's been, uh, I believe he'd be the longest serving board member presently because he was on the board when I joined. He's he's been playing disc golf longer than I have. He's, I mean, if you reach out to him, I, I would hope he'd, he'd be uh, into it because he would have a lot to say and he'd be a great he'd be a great interview. Well, he, yeah. I already have had a couple interactions with Joey that have been amazing, and the fact that I was looking to find out if doubles was going on, and he messaged me back right away and he's like jeremy nope doubles isn't going on but uh you know i don't not too sure who we are but if you want to come and meet us at niska i've got a card and uh, you're happy to join so i showed up played around with him and and yeah just the nicest guy and, and definitely approachable yeah. just like everyone else you seem to meet in in our community and you have to you have to come to uh any if you have a, a bill or something that needs to be paid out boy you better come with your receipts because that that man he He's not paying out anything until you uh, come with your receipts. So, like, a, like a good treasurer. Good job. Good job, Joey. And, and with that, too, I was going to say that Sunridge um, Science Park, to me, once that's built, and maybe I'm just looking way too far in the future, but we will pretty much have a triangle of three courses within five to ten minute drive at the very most of each other. That could also be a great thing when it does come to taking River City Cup and, and notching it up again. Yeah, and, and arguably you could you can kind of lump Niska Pasquak into that a little bit as well. But I think you're right. Like the Science and Sunridge Park uh, would make, especially if they get really really notable tea, like good tee pads in there, would make for quite the, the the triad of of courses in that that corner and i think that's exactly what we would look to do is position it to be an integral part of like a, an a-tier tournament where you can cycle across the three or or whatever um i i also think that like i think people will probably have a hard time hearing that we're gonna build another course in the northeast but again it's more that the opportunity presented itself a long time ago and we we're just choosing to jump on that opportunity like we we've 
haven't had to do a ton of work to make it happen. Joey's done some site visits. Sunridge really wants us to be in there. The province really wants us to be in there. And there, there's there's very little barriers being put up to making it happen. So it's like, well, if, if the baskets are already purchased, it, it's, it's just a no-brainer for us. And mm-hmm. I think it is a, a part of a long-term play to possibly host something like Nationals, to possibly put on like uh, an A-tier event out of River City. Like we can yeah. use those courses to do these things and to make our uh, our local scene that much stronger well i just wanted to clarify i just wanted to clarify that because sunridge and the science park is on the south of the river that doesn't count as a south side course (laughs) (laughs) that's still still, yeah technically i I guess the south of the river but no we're not we're not counting that one Oh, that's I thought of that. Now that you've put that in my head, I, uh, yeah. Technically, we do have a south side. No, no. Oh, that's hilarious, Daryl. Well, and with that, too, um, I'm thinking, as you said, okay, three courses in the Northeast, people could have some thoughts about that. But at the same time, when you're going out to play disc golf, you're usually driving to a course. And I know, you know, using Mark as the example and using your example today is sometimes people want to go out and play two, three as many rounds as they can, especially in the summer with the daylight. So what better way to do that than have to play on one course the whole time or be able to go between three courses? You got a Tim Hortons right handy. You got Dairy Queen. You got food in between. Like it's going to be a great setup. So when you do travel, you've got a whole day and you can do multiple different courses and multiple different challenges. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm definitely cautious to like jump on the full agreement because I do, I'm still like, I want to be going after the south side course, but there is a benefit to having three or four courses in that little area because it's like, well, if I'm going to spend a day disc golfing, I'm just going to go there and I'll, if one's too busy, I'll go to the other. Or if I want to play yeah. two different courses or three different courses, it's, it's not a ton of uh, commute to one to the other. So there is, there is some benefits to kind of grouping them, albeit completely unintentional. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to that... say that it was pre-planned. That's right. It wasn't pre-planned. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> exactly. You, you mentioned uh, Niska there. Um, is there, obviously last year we had the, I wasn't a part of it, but we had the, the huge fundraiser um, charity event there. Is that still going to go ahead or is there any plans for having that this year as well? Yeah, I, I, uh, Brock uh, Cicchetti, who is our vice president this year, he, I believe, will be working on that project again this year. Uh, all the proceeds go to uh, the Mental Health Foundation. Um, and it's, aside from just the money going to a great cause, it, it also kind of um, reaffirms the uh, usage of the course quite a bit. And I know the hospital, um, they're, they're actively working towards a T-pad solution, whether it's concrete or not, I don't know, nice. but they're very very interested in making t-pads happen there in some way it's kind of a little bit out of our hands we're going to advise and we're going to obviously mm-hmm. try to garner a couple more donations to help but um really hoping we get t-pads there too because i i, I absolutely love niska as a course i love that yeah. it's like a, kind of a little bit of a um uh, not a secret spot for our club members but like mm-hmm. a, it's a club member spot like that that right. is a, a neat little benefit like it is cool yeah and it's just like such a gorgeous property. It's a fun track. Yeah, we, we spoke to Kristen about it last week and she kind of informed us and gave us the lowdown that it's not a Edgar course. It's, a, the, you know, everything is owned by uh, the Alberta Hospital. Edgar donated the baskets and yes. that's kind of like a symbiotic, symbiotic, symbiotic relationship that, you know, together 
they want to encourage people to play it, and that's why the Edgar we have to sign the waivers so that it's uh, like we said a, a semi-private members course. Yeah, and, and you, you got it exactly right. The baskets were donated, um, and then we kind of we we advised on the layout, and we get permission to use it. Um, right. I think um, it's it, they've been Lindsay Pearson and the team there have been just unbelievable for us. Like they're just incredible humans. They do great work at the hospital, and they they you know I'm I'm very fortunate that I get to hear kind of about the stories coming from uh, the hospital, which is that, that, you know, not only are the guests playing disc golf, but the staff are playing disc golf. And oh, there was nice. interest in a Friday night league. And, um, you know, we've been able to go out there and to do some learn to throw sessions. And we've been able to use the course for um, a welcome day 2.0, where people were welcome to come play doubles and pick up their bag tags, do the centennial fundraiser. And um, yeah, we were, we were so fortunate to kind of have this opportunity to just kind of, I wouldn't say fall into our last because there are some um, board members of, of previous years that really made this work, but it, um, just the relationship that we have with the hospital is incredible. And that property is amazing. And it's just like this little uh, sanctuary um, <laughs> that we get access yeah. to. Uh, it's just beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a great course. And I think too, I, you know, thinking about it more, I, I, I called it my favorite course. Um, at this point in the courses that we reviewed and I'm an Ontario boy that's where I was born and I grew up and I just thinking about it now they're not maple trees obviously that are out there because we don't really have a lot of them here but the fact that you get those big old growth trees and you and they become part of the the hole and your shot shaping and everything else that's probably one of those big things that attracts me probably reminds me of home of sorts because right. you can travel the rest of Edmonton and you're just going to see little aspens and poplars around. But when you're there, you get some just a great looking course. It's it's a mature property and it just has all of the best features for for a disc golf course. It's uh, yeah, it's just a little slice of heaven. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think uh, we're kind of getting to the point where you've been so gracious with your time, but we cannot let you leave without asking a couple more questions. Right, Daryl? Yeah, exactly. So the heart, I have a, leaving the a hardest hitters, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna ease you out. This is a, a kind of a, a staple in the end of the podcast. Now I've renamed it. Now there's a long running radio show in England. Um, there's been a, a few different hosts, but basically they get celebrities on. It's on the radio, and they get to select three records that they would like to take with them to play on the island. And it's it's affectionately named Desert Island Discs. My flip on this was, in the beginning, it was the, the story that you were on a ship and you were shipwrecked and, and fortuitously you ended up on an 18 hole, uh, on an island with an 18 hole disc golf course. The big question, and this leads to the title of the show, which three discs are you taking with you? Okay. I mean, we, we I can already it. guess one. <laughs> or yeah. three maybe. Maybe you might take, <laughs> maybe take all three, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna go with two Nate Sexton Firebirds and a Nate Sexton Firefly. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yep, absolutely. I'm not even joking. I would I, I would literally take two Firebirds in case I lost one and then I do use the Firefly as a putter. Oh, you have to amazing. you have to educate me. I'm not I've never heard of the Firefly. Uh, it's basically a P2 from Discmania. Basically when Discmania okay. left like Innova was making Discmania's discs. Right. Discmania left left to make their own discs, so they were left with the P2 mold and they gave it to Nate Sexton and he called it a Firefly and and I'm actually a very 
not great putter. <laughs> I'm like an okay putter at best. Um, but I had a lot of success with the P2. Yeah, yeah. Is it <laughs> a putt? But which brings in the question: Is it a putt if it's from the tee pad? Oh, oh, it's a good. Well, Kingswood, that we'd be putting uh, a lot, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but he, so yeah, he he uh, basically was given the P two, and I uh, I had a P two that I was having a lot of success with in the winter, and when the the Firefly came out, it was like, yeah, uh, that's gonna be my putter, and I have I think about fifteen of them now because I just when I kind of go into one disc, I just obsess about it. So yeah, right. two Firebirds and a Firefly. Any awesome. particular year? Oh, ah, there you go. Uh, the 2020, the 2020 Firebird was my favorite Firebird, the 2020. So you're taking two 2020s or a, a 2020 and a, and a different run? I also like the 20, uh, 2018 quite a bit. Um, okay. Yeah, but I, I, I would go two 2020s. And a Firefly. There you go. Yeah, and a Firefly, yeah. Now, Tim, if we were to go through your bag, just out of curiosity, I don't want to go through the whole thing, but are, <laughs> like for me, my bag is probably, you know, 25 discs and they're 25 different discs. Is yours uh, different in the way? Is that a lot of Firebirds, do you, do you kind of focus just on some main discs or how do you, how do you put your bag together? I used to actually bag five Firebirds. I'm not even kidding. I used to bag different years because they had different stabilities. I only bag two Firebirds now. Uh, but I do actually like to bag multiples of discs. So I do have two Paul Macbeth Destroyers. I have two uh, 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 Drifts. I have two Sexton Firebirds. I have two Fireflies. Um, I'm sure I'm missing something. I do actually like to kind of double up on a lot of molds. Right. Um, and then it's a pretty mixed bag. But uh, I there's definitely my, you know, my, my purple Paul Macbeth Destroyer. Um, Obviously, that's when Paul McBeth was with Innova. I got that disc in 2017, and it's been one of my number one drivers for since 2017. Um, so I, I lean on that one pretty hard. Lean on my Firebirds pretty hard. Um, the rest is all just whatever. It's not a Firebird. I'm not sure if it was staged or not, but I remember watching a video that you did an interview for. Uh, it was like a school project for somebody from Nate, I believe. And you, it was a video of you going around Rundle, and at the end of it, they were talking to you, and then you, they said, "Okay, what disc do you recommend?" And you pulled out like seven Nate Sexton Firebirds. So I don't know if it was quite staged or whether you used to bag that many, but yeah, that was no, a... I, that's that's legitimate. I used to bag a lot of Firebirds, and I trimmed back just not because I I felt I needed to have less Firebirds, but just from I couldn't face the criticism anymore. <laughs> That's well, awesome. I think, you know, uh, Daryl, there's that uh, movie that came out, Bend It Like Beckham. So if we yeah, want to yeah, ace yeah. it like Tim, I think we're going to have to do some shopping for a Firebird. <laughs> Throw it like Tim? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I think about Rundle. Like, if I go by the original whole names, I'm throwing it sometimes on two, sometimes, um, on three, on four, on six, on uh, nine, 10, 11, 12, uh, 15, not 16 yeah so i mean about about nine drives at you, Rundle, nine nine drives. so i have yeah. a question for you before you go yeah i'm not too hot on the different molds and things like that i did a disc swap and i have a, a Haley king firebird now is there is there something different between the molds of a nate sexton firebird and a regular firebird and i know this isn't a regular is, be... Haley. is it is it just a stamp I've got to be really careful with what I say because <laughs> the, per the person, the person that knows everything about discs in this household, is about 
30 feet away from me. She's at circle's edge right now. Um, <laughs> and she's okay. a great putter. So, so you got to watch it. <laughs> she's a great putter. She's a great player. Um, yeah. My understanding is that between the Haley King Firebird and the Sexton Firebird <laughs> is that the Sextons are a little straighter. The Sextons are okay. a little bit less stable than anything Halo and the Haley Kings. Okay. So, yeah. That's my wind disc anyway. So yeah, that I don't, make sense. I don't hear, I don't hear any don't, corrections coming. And, and I haven't seen a disc come in stage right. And... <laughs> awesome. Maybe texting me or something right now. Yeah. Well, Tim, we appreciate all the time you've given us. This has been awesome, but we do always at the end of here too, is there's anything that we haven't covered or if there's anything that you wanted to, to promote or talk about that we didn't touch on, this is your opportunity to, to do that. Sure. I'm going to go all corporate for a quick second just to, to leave you guys. I just want to, on behalf of Edgar, uh, thank a few people. Uh, I, I have to thank our sponsors from last year. So Pursuit of Motion Physiotherapy with Tristan Pisco is unbelievable. Mark and the team at Fountain Tire Yellowhead. I mean, their contribution to our club has been immeasurable. Unbelievable work with them. Uh, Gander Disc Golf. They have been a tremendous sponsor of ours of the club and, and the work they do. Um, we had uh, Pass the Pantry for the Thursday Rundle League that give us the gift cards for the, the longest putt. Um, we had BR Disc Golf uh, for River City Cup. Uh, boy, I'm paranoid that I'm going to forget some, but uh, <laughs> our, our, you know, sponsorships are something that's sort of new for our club over the last couple of years. And we're kind of learning how to, how to handle them, but um, we're learning how valuable they are. And they've been just unbelievable. Uh, Boston Pizza, uh, again, and Short Park has been tremendous as well. Uh, but we're just learning how important they are to enhancing the player experience and the member experience within our club. So um, the, this, you know, shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to the community members for making me feel uh, like, we're, like we're doing something here. Um, I, again, I just can't stress enough how, how we're propped up by such amazing people like, like yourself, like the Briggsies, like the Mark Thompsons, and just like just uh, a community full of people who just give themselves to the sport. And uh, yeah, just on, on behalf of Edgar, just thank you to everyone for, for continuing to put your trust and your faith into the club. Fantastic. I, I just checked on the website. You had everybody, Tim. You didn't miss anybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we well, nailed and, it. <laughs> and Tim, I know you've been very um, selfless in that and in everything we've said, but we want to make sure to say thank you because of all of the work that you've done and you've helped lead. You have that team behind you, and I know they're doing a lot, but you need somebody at the front to guide the ship and to point it in the right direction. So we really appreciate that as well. Thank you for the kind words. I, I sincerely appreciate it. I have such trouble accepting it, but thank you. You did well. Good job. And, and, and don't fret. We will be having you on again. Love it. Sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thanks very much, Tim. I don't know if you want to jump off. We got uh, we, we don't really have anything else to talk about, I think we do, Jeremy. No, I think we're good. We appreciate it, and we will have you on again. We're going to take you up on that offer, so thank yeah. you so much, Tim. Great. I'm going to jump off, guys. Thank you so much. Okay. No problem. Thanks, Tim. Take care. Another great interview. An another amazing interview. I'm These like, interviews how are just we keep getting, getting so better blessed? and better. I know, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. So Kristen yeah, no. last week, we had Mark our, as our first guest. We've got yeah. um, Tim, the president of the EDGA on our podcast. You know, yeah, things are fun. rolling. I, 
you know, I know you've said this a couple of times in our in our conversations, Daryl, it's like, are we peaking too early? But I think <laughs> it just goes to show that everybody in the disc golf community so far in that we've interacted in, in these interviews, they've all been amazing. So yeah. whether we've got the president of Edgar on, FPO top player, Kristen Swirls, local community member, Mark Thompson, no matter who it is that we're going to bring onto the show, it's going to be a good interview. It's going to be something to listen to. We're going to learn something and, you know, hopefully our listeners enjoy it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think hopefully it shows that, you know, that we're, we're around, we're around the community and we're doing good things. The fact that we can get the backing, you know, we can get the Edmonton Disc Golf Association president to come on the podcast that obviously he sees some benefit in what we're doing. So hopefully, you know, the listeners can see that, you know, we're, we're here to promote it. We're here to, to help everybody, you know, learn more about the sport, learn more about the sport in Edmonton. And as this interview just goes to show that, you know, we're, we're not only, um, you know, we're not trying to teach anyone about the sport, but anybody in the area can at least know what's happening, like giving them the awareness. So like, this is what's happening. This is where the future of disc golf is going in Edmonton, what to expect. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And we mentioned yeah. it during the interview there about the growth of the league and going from 70 to 200, 250 to 400 and how that helps um, the club when they go to look to put in a new course, when they talk to the city, when they talk to private yeah. groups, and the same can be said about the podcast, right? We, you know, we've yeah. talked about the fact that we've got 20 subscribers right now, but the more subscribers and more people who want to continue to listen to us on a regular basis and support us, that's going to help us have these great interviews. And then mm -hmm. I know you, you kind of cringe every time I say it, but when I have that goal of Thomas Gilbert or Chantel Bedinsky, it's that kind of support from our listeners that's going to help us bring those interviews to them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I thought about saying this at the beginning, or I keep thinking that I need to say this at the beginning, because it, it seems like it, we're just tacking it on the end. And maybe I'll try and remember next time. But it definitely does help us if you can, you know, like, like the video, even if you watch it halfway through, just leave a like on it whenever you're gonna whenever you're gonna end the video. Just leave a like before you're gonna hit that uh, you know end button, that stop button. If you want to leave a comment, even if it doesn't really say anything, just leave a comment so we know people are watching it and you know engaging. It helps the YouTube videos. It helps us think that we're doing the right thing. Spotify or Apple, if you're listening to the podcast rather than watching it on YouTube, just have a look on the app. I think on Spotify, all you've got to do is just pull down on the on your screen, and it'll and it'll reveal the part at the top where you can rate the podcast. We have three five star reviews at the moment on Spotify, and two five star reviews on Apple. So you know, a short term goal would be that if if we've got twenty listeners on or viewers on YouTube, twenty subscribers, if every one of those just went to Spotify, and and gave us a five star review, we'd be over twenty twenty reviews, you know. By next episode if we could get to 10 up 10 five-star reviews by next episode i think that would show that we're going in the right direction and, and people are listening right to the very end because that's what i think that a lot of people are maybe getting halfway through and they're not hearing our shout outs at the end so hopefully they listened a little bit you know further on in this interview well and that's a great point point. and speaking of shout outs uh we had kind of done this a couple episodes ago and talked about some of the listeners that are, are are talking to us or reaching out to us saying that Jana met me there at the course and had mentioned yeah. about our show. Well, I had someone reach out just the other day and I wanted to say thanks to Kevin because Kevin is out there 
and he's listening to us. And what was really kind of cool to me was he said that he's been, um, he has a job where he's out working and walking and, and, and kind of going doing his rounds. And he says he listens to our podcast while he's working. And I thought that was so cool. It was <laughs> so thanks, Kevin. Yeah. I appreciate that. Or we both appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Glad you're loving the uh, content so far. Yeah, I mean, that's a great opportunity to listen to a podcast, right? Whether you're you're lucky in, or unlucky enough to be working, but lucky enough to be walking around. Or, you know, after work, you're taking the dog for a walk or you happen just to be driving to and from work. If, if you're listening to the podcast, you know, don't forget, give us a like or a review at the end when you uh, finish your journey. Perfect. Well, that brings us yeah. to the end of the episode, Daryl. I don't know. What should we do now? Before before we do that, I'm just going to give it one more shout out and say, if you're not following us, <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> we say that we always forget it. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, follow us on Instagram. We post videos and pictures over there as well. So, un, uh, chain chain out underscore podcast on Instagram and chain out podcast anywhere else on YouTube, on TikTok, on Twitter, uh, Spotify, Facebook. and Apple. Search for yeah Facebook as well. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, search for us and leave a comment. Let us know where you're. Let, let us know where you're watching or listening to the podcast. And maybe if you leave your name or if you know if we if you have your name attached to it, we'll be giving you a shout out next episode. That's right. Well, I think yeah. uh, Daryl and I have a round planned for tomorrow. You know, Correct. the one thing is is if we had a Nate Sexton Firebird in our bag, I'm sure that we would not. Shane out! <laughs> That's not going away. Nope, it's not. Sorry, guys. You can put as many okay. comments as you want. This one's going to stick around. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. I'm watching. <laughs>